So this month is Black History Month, and earlier this month it was also Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year. So I wanted to start with this unofficial segment I like to call, Is This Racism? <laughs> so I take a weekly spin class from this one instructor who I love, love the music, love the vibes, always a fun time. But one day he was not there for class, so there was a substitute and this man was playing like classic rock, just music that I would not prefer to be cycling with. And I was with two of my girlfriends at the time. We were all the way in the back. And at some point, we all just stopped listening to what this man was saying because he was telling us to get on top of the bike when the music would stop. Like there was no rhythm to the way he was teaching. I hated the music. And he saw that we weren't following his lesson plan. And so at one point, he points to us in the back and he's like, this next one is for you, ladies. This man puts on some K-pop that I've never heard in my entire life. And not to mention that none of us were Korean. And I just thought it was so funny that he thought, okay, three Asian chicks, let me play some K-pop. But I swear, like, I've never heard the song before. So what do you think? was that racism do you want me to shed light on this <laughs> i mean it's definitely a very light-hearted situation like i know it's not super serious you know in light of everything that's been happening right like a lot more tragic things have been happening in the asian community but i just thought it was funny and maybe it was a bit microaggressive he definitely had good intentions but it was just the assumption that was pretty funny to me that is funny to me too that's the first thing i think of just, oh, he's trying to be relatable, but it's funny how people do it in a microaggressive way. Or it could be it could be deemed as racism. Yeah, no, he was like a cute old man. I don't think he meant any harm by it by any means. It was just, it was just weird. But yeah, it's sort of like in situations like that, should I have said something, you know? And that just brings us to our discussion for today, things we wish we would have said. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I think you brought that up at a timely time, given it's Black History Month and recently was Chinese New Year as well. But based on what you said, I know that recently we have been kind of been in that reflection mode in terms of scenarios that we've been through in life. And I know that in some moments we cringe thinking back on certain situations and how they played out and should we have said something or should we not have. Everyone grows over time. And in the past, I think we both can agree that we've identified as a little bit conflict averse at times. So Kim and I were kind of talking about how we used to be conflict averse and we thought it would be funny to play back certain scenarios and relay how we wish we would have acted in those scenarios, things we wish we would have said. It's always interesting to look back on things and see how you've grown and how you would have handled a situation differently. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm still struggling with dealing with conflict. Like, I know I still need to work on my communication. I tend to sort of concede when there are arguments, I'd rather just avoid arguing with people. I, I tend to like avoid conflict altogether. But do you have any scenario that you'd like to bring up that you wish you did any differently? Yeah, no, I have a few scenarios. But first, I kind of just wanted to explain what being conflict averse is, because I think that people have different interpretations of it. So. 
Generally, the dictionary definition of being conflict averse and avoidant is being afraid of possible disagreements at all costs. And that avoidance can manifest in your romantic relationships, friendships, and family dynamics. And I know we love our articles, so I was perusing through Psychology Today, and Psychology Today is literally one of my favorite websites, by the way, for every topic, because I just like to dissect where certain things are coming from. So to preface these scenarios on Psychology Today, it said that a person could be conflict avoidant because of past experiences with an individual who wasn't secure enough to handle confrontation productively. The nightmarish fights which followed a minor and diplomatic confrontation or question may have been painful and dramatic in your past. The person you were dealing with might have had trouble with confrontation, accountability, self-awareness, or in childhood you may have learned to stifle feelings and discontent in your parent-child relationship. It's not necessarily a negative thing, it just happens. In a lot of immigrant homes and homes where we grow up with our parents not necessarily being as in tune with their emotions, we learn to just take care of our own emotions the best way we know how. And we internalize the message that if we bring up certain conflicts, it can create discontent in that family dynamic rather than it resulting in anything positive. So we just keep things to ourselves. So I think definitely for me, I've seen that play out in my life, that it's better to keep quiet, it's better to not say anything, and to just be pleasant and agreeable rather than stir the pot. (laughs) Oh no, I was just going to agree with you because a lot of what you said resonated with me, especially the part of stifling emotions. I was also looking on psychology today and something that stood out to me was this middle child syndrome because I wanted to look that up to see if it had any relation because middle children are typically known as the mediators and I was trying to figure out why is that exactly and it's sort of like you feel overshadowed or less loved and so you learn you know as you're growing up to deal with conflict between siblings and your parents like you're the one who is sort of like the middleman which makes sense because you're a middle child like you learn to be the middleman at a very early age and I feel like that's something that I still carry to this day And it's also funny because I am classified as an INFP from the Myers-Briggs test, and they're known as mediators and diplomats. I'm also an INFP according to the Myers-Briggs and 16 personalities tests. I could lean towards E and J, but overall the same as you. Do you have scenarios where you were in that mediator role you described? I had to deal with a lot of conflict as a manager when I was working in hospitality, especially the food and beverage industry. So typically my workday would be filled with dealing with customer complaints. Like that was just something I regularly had to go through. And I learned from very early on that people who wanted to bring up conflict in that situation, they tend to just want free things. So my way of mediating conflict when I was in that role was to just concede and give people free things because my fear was that they would continue to cause a scene, you know, disrupt business. And my goal was to just get them in and out. And by doing so, I did not expect to deal with repeat offenders. So one day I get a call from this man at one of the eateries I was working at and he tells me my order got stolen. And I'm like, well, sir, you know, do you have like the receipt? 
And he's like, well, obviously not because my order was stolen. And I'm like, okay, well, you're off the premises. I really can't help you with that. But then he tells me, I have three children and they are hungry and they are motherless or some dick like that. And in my head, I'm thinking, how can I deny starving children of like the bare necessity, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, sir, like for this one time, you can come in and I will remake your order for you. This man comes in alone, okay? There was no other children with him. And he begins to list out the longest menu or the longest order that I, I've i seen like working there. It was like 11 sandwiches. And at some point I was like ringing him up to comp him. And he's like, oh, add in the ribs. I, I definitely ordered the ribs too. And at that point, I was just looking at my fellow coworkers and we all had the sense that this man is definitely ripping us off. But I was way too far gone to even say anything. When we finally gave him his order, one of my coworkers was telling me, I haven't seen that man all day. And I've been here all day. And I knew in my heart, it's like, this man is ripping me off. And you know what? He had the audacity to come in two more times. But like the second time, he recognized me. So he just made something up. He's like, oh, I just wanted to ask you about your catering. And then another time... I was not there and I get a call from another manager saying like, oh yeah, this man is claiming that, you know, he lost his order, like the same spiel again. And she had a lot more courage than me. So I told her like, oh, this guy was here before. Like she described him to me. I'm like, he did, he tried to pull the exact same thing. So she was able to tell him, I know exactly what you're doing. The cameras have caught you. And if you don't leave the vicinity right now, I'm going to call security. And then he just left. We haven't seen him since then. But yeah, that was just like one scenario of people who were just like repeat offenders. But to be honest, if he were to do that to me again, right? Like at that time, even though I recognized him, I probably would have just let him go because I didn't want to deal with his possible reaction. So I probably just would have given him more free things, to be honest, at that point. What about now? If the same man came up to you today, what would you have done? What would you do differently? Sir, you've done this before. I've seen you. You have no children. (laughs) I will call security on you if you don't leave. Something like that. Now I know better, but I was way too trusting back then. You know, I was like 21 years old, managing people like who are way older than me. I sort of just learned to stay quiet and just put my head down. I was really adverse to dealing with conflict. Well, for Bill, we're just going to call him Bill. I don't know his name. Bill, if you're out there and listening, we're on to you. So yeah, Bill would definitely not get away with this anymore. (laughs) And you know what an alternate solution could always be? Always keep a baseball bat handy and club them over the head. I feel like I would do that now. (laughs) (sighs) It's like this man had the audacity to come there multiple times and try to use the same sob story. Crazy. Yeah, it just makes you feel so used. That's a really good example. And I like that you mentioned that you were younger and now as you get older you just become better at standing up for yourself and just bringing up issues and not letting people walk all over you not letting the bills of the world walk all over you thankfully towards the end of me working there i did gain a bit more courage because there was another repeat offender who complained about having hair in her nachos gave her entirely brand new thing of nachos and a few weeks later same thing happened but this time i actually told her 
ma'am, there's nothing I could do about it. You ate half your nachos already. Let me go toss this away for you. And so I was on my way to the trash can. And then she's like, wait, I'll have that packed to go. It's like, are you for real, lady? People really try their luck, though. I mean, good for them. I know people do stuff like this for free gift cards. They'll put, like, complaints on, like, online reviews and forums. And I just think it's interesting. I had one moment in time, my Taco Bell story. I don't know if I told you the Taco Bell story, but... No. Once when I was studying in the library... I think the parties involved in this will know what I'm talking about. But once I was studying in library in in school and I wanted Taco Bell and it was literally like 1 a.m. or something. So I drove to Taco Bell, got Taco Bell, and then my order came out wrong. And I was pissed off because I was in a bad mood. So when I came back, I said, I need to do something about this because most people will just let things like that go like oh it's just fast food i'm not going to drive back i wrote to taco bell headquarters i pulled out their mission statement their values yes i pulled out everything one of the things taco bell promised is accuracy of orders and i call that out in my email to them i said accuracy of orders i don't don't quote me on that but it's something like that basically accurate orders are a part of their mission as an organization and here i am i ordered a mexican pizza at the time and i received some kind of beef chalupa or something like that that's what had happened and so not only did i write to the headquarters but i also drove back to the taco bell you know because screw my exam who cares about that i needed to go make this right (laughs) so i literally went back i got a free mexican pizza wrote to headquarters they never got back to me which by the way i'm gonna be addressing i know it's been like how many years? Six years? But still, I still think it's an injustice. <laughs> what made you think about writing to headquarters when you could have just gone straight to the shop to get, I mean, you ended up doing that anyway, but what compelled you to write to headquarters? Honestly, in that moment, I was just being extremely petty. I could have just driven back or I could have called them. I think I did try calling them. No one picked up the phone. And yeah, I mean, I think I just really... I have my moments where I feel like I've been done dirty. And when I feel like I've been done dirty, then I feel like I need to do something about it, you know, big time. So that's not a situation where I wish I would have done something differently. I think I did what I needed to do back then. But I definitely have scenarios where you mentioned like a work scenario. I can think of one work scenario where I definitely wish that I would have done something differently. So actually, with conflict aversion, I was looking this up, there's something called gunny sacking. Do you know what that is? Gunny sacking? Gunny sacking, yeah. I've never heard of that before. What's that? So it said online that conflict avoiding people are often gunny sackers. So it's like a psychology (laughs) term that refers to the practice of like silently accumulating grievances annoyances and problems as they build up and then eventually that sack will burst and completely flood their target because you're so avoidant you're just letting things fester inside of you so it's called gunny sacking Um, and typically it's like a cycle yeah, that happens over and over. So I definitely oh, have... Yeah. I didn't know it was referred to as that because when I was looking at articles, um, I heard that exact thing being referred to as conflict debt, but gunny sackers sound a lot more fun to say. <laughs> I am a gunny sacker. 
or I, I was. I'm, I'm a recovering sack. gunny sacker. Yeah, and it always comes out. Things come out in the worst moments. But I definitely think I gunny sacked a lot in my <laughs> in my previous job because I wanted to be seen as strong, capable, resilient. I didn't say when I had too much on my plate, and I obviously had way too much on my plate in my last job. So. Um, I think that was one scenario where it just came to a point where I had so much on my plate, I would need to be working like a weekend. I would just need to be working a lot, like probably putting in another extra like 20 hours to get done this work. And I was in a scenario with my manager where she was like, Trisha, can you take on this extra thing? And I just said yes. And I was stonewalling a little bit with myself, denying that there was this issue that existed of just being given too much work and not sticking up to myself. And I was gunny sacking because inside of me, I was letting this like anger build up towards my team and my manager and just the entire system thinking, oh, well, people are just overworked. But I also had this fear of disappointing them. So in that situation, I took the work on, but I think it was that week where I completely burned out. I got really sick. I had like a mental breakdown, a panic attack. I didn't actually tell my team about it, but I basically fell apart at home. And yeah, everything just like, and the work didn't even get done on time. And I really used to pride myself in getting my work done on time. So just, I know a lot of people can relate to that situation with work, just not wanting to disappoint um, and letting work pile on and leaving it unresolved, not addressing it with anyone because you don't want to be seen as incapable or like not resilient. So in that situation now, I definitely have learned the value of just managing my time and managing my energy a lot better really checking in with my body and knowing hey you're starting to get bitter the second i'm starting to get bitter or even feeling signs of bitterness that's when something needs to be addressed so looking back now those first signs of bitterness i probably would have said to my manager hey i think that I'm going to need more time than this. I really want to carve out time for rest. I work better and more productively when I have rested. I want to be able to do this well. And I don't think I'll be able to perform at my optimal peak performance if I'm not rested. Just things like that. Just really spoken up for myself rather than letting an organization walk all over me. So that's a work scenario where I would have definitely, I would definitely do it differently now. Having learned the price that you have to pay um, when it comes to burnout, you need to channel that energy you had for Taco Bell into the workplace. That's what I need to remember. <laughs> that Taco Bell energy. Yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it's food, right? Food just tips you over the edge. <laughs> don't get my order wrong. Oh, that reminds me of one time I was out for lunch with a friend and we ordered wings. And the wings were so tiny. They came out so watery. It was, to be honest, so disgusting. We had a bite <laughs> each of a wing and we put it back down. The waitress comes over and she's like, how was everything? And she's just staring at a plate of uneaten wings. And we looked her dead in the eye and we're like, everything's great. So we didn't say a word because both my friend and I, we were so conflict averse. Like we were very much people pleasers we didn't want to cause any commotion but i wish at that point i would have said something because if anything it will just prevent them from serving 
nasty wings to other people. Agreed. That feedback could be so beneficial. Keeping it to yourself just prevents them from improving. Watery wings? That's disgusting. Yeah, it was so gross. And I could totally relate to how you're feeling bitter in your workplace because you're overworked doing so much. So back when I was working in hospitality as a manager, I was dealing with people who were way older than me. And I was known as a very hard worker. I was praised all the time for being all over the place and doing everyone's job. But behind that, it was just because I was terrible at delegating. I wasn't able to tell people what to do. It made me feel so bad to tell people to clean, to get off their phones, and especially people who were like the age of my grandparents, for example. Like I felt so bad having to tell them what to do. So I ended up just doing most of the work on my own and I harbored so much resentment for like fellow co-workers like other managers who I felt like weren't putting in as much work but they were the ones who were able to delegate and tell people what to do and you know the employees didn't like them as much because they weren't as helpful but to be fair like I was overextending myself in like so many different avenues like I was spreading myself out thin um, and I feel like I, if anything, I should have like learned from my fellow managers instead of complaining about how they weren't putting in as much work. That makes sense to me. Yeah, they were probably just better at delegating and speaking up, managing their own energy levels. I totally get what you're saying with that. It's hard though at that time because especially when you're more junior in your career, just starting out working and stuff, you feel like you have to take on things. Yeah, and you don't want to step on anyone's toes, burn any bridges. Exactly, exactly. That's the fine line, right? I think that's what everyone fears, especially in work scenarios. Am I burning a bridge and speaking up? Because you don't know how a person's going to perceive you speaking up. A person might even be jealous, might be like, oh, well, you know, this person speaks up. They might take it the wrong way, even though in theory it's like the right thing to do it's always good to be like acutely aware or like know that not everyone takes things in a positive way or how you intended it to be so I think just to not step on those toes you're right like I think it is easier to just keep quiet sometimes it's tricky Recently, Trisha and I have been enjoying a few jewelry pieces from the brand Ana Luisa. I got these dainty gold flower earrings that were in collaboration with Beauty Within, which I've been wearing on the daily and have gotten so many compliments. I've had their Michelle earrings since last year and they've become a staple in my wardrobe. Agreed. I'm loving the Michelle set. The piece looks beautiful and pairs well with so many of my outfits. All the jewelry is elegant and versatile and would easily elevate any look. We're super stoked to be working with Ana Luisa and to let our listeners know of our special discount, where you can get trendy pieces with sustainable packaging for 10% off your entire order. With jewelry starting at $39, they offer a variety of pieces with a fair price point. They release new collections every single Friday. You can get extra discounts by shopping at our special link, shop.analuisa.com slash l-u-c-i-d. Again, that's shop.analuisa.com slash l-u-c-i-d for 10% off your entire order. Let me bring up something that I know that a lot of people probably think about, being conflict-averse in relationships. I just wanted to bring up a scenario that 
I totally would have done differently now. So as you know, in my first relationship, I had a lot of problems, like the one from late high school to early college. And one of the things I used to do, this isn't actually, this isn't necessarily like a scenario, but one of the things I used to do is just withhold the dumbest information, like the the smallest things, because every little thing would turn into a big argument. It could be something as small as I'm on my way to work and I decided to stop by to grab a coffee. I would be questioned on like where I stopped by and like, you know, why I went there and why, you know, just things like that. So um, back then I used to do that. I think I was not clear in my communication. I never wanted to create a fight. I never wanted to create conflict because I know that would ruin my entire day. So I just would withhold certain information, like the pettiest of things. And I think that I suffered a lot of injustice and unfairness in the process of that. But now looking back in relationships, not only romantic, but also in friendships, I think that I would just be very clear and direct. Like looking back then, I would just been like, yes, I stopped by a Dunkin' Donuts before I went to work. What <laughs> of it? What do you have to say? Say it to my face. I keep a baseball bat handy on the side, obviously. <laughs> and then be like, what do you have to say about it? And then if he or the person wanted to stir the pot or just create some kind of conflict because I went to Dunkin' before work, then I would just say, you know what, I went. And if you don't like it, it's not my problem because this is my life, this is my routine, and I have to be strong enough to walk away if I can't be myself and if I can't live my life on my own terms because I'm afraid of this person snapping at me or leaving me because of something small. So yeah, definitely in my relationships, I would be very vocal now. I'm glad to hear that because I know being young and in love in a relationship, you tend to let a lot of things go. You tolerate a lot of bullshit, but it's good to hear that we are older and wiser now and you're not going to let this slide in future relationships. Hopefully you'll never have to deal with another man who's like that. Like, come on, you went to a Dunkin' Donuts. What's the big deal? Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, (laughs) What does he have against donuts and coffee? I think it's just always wanting to get at a person, accuse them of doing something wrong or, you know, cheating on you or just, yeah, like this is not, you know, this is not something you normally do. What were you actually doing? Just constantly (laughs) questioning your reality. You normally go to Starbucks. Why'd you go to Dunkin' today, Trisha? Yeah, exactly. See, you're on to to that mindset. (laughs) But no, what do you think? created that shift in you like I know that age is one thing and we learn from our experiences I know that we're both still dealing with situations we would handle differently and being conflict averse but what do you think is creating that subtle shift over time I think I'd like to connect this to what I learned recently about boundary setting right so when you set boundaries you shouldn't depend so much on another person's ability to change their actions right so you should never be like oh you should stop doing this this isn't right right instead you should be like hey if you do this again i'm gone i'm leaving like that gives you the power to control your actions and so i realized after so many times of tolerating people's mistreatment or people using me i 
definitely had this sort of victim mentality where I felt like, oh, these people are just terrible. Like these people are toxic. And I hate using that word, but it's something I definitely overused before. And at some point I had to make the connection that in some way I was allowing this behavior to happen by not voicing my concerns or just just overall like not communicating how I was truly feeling because I didn't want to step on people's toes. I just wanted to create this peaceful environment, but by maintaining the peace, I was disrupting the peace inside of me. So inside it was just so turbulent, like there's so much turmoil going on, all for the sake of making someone else feel comfortable. Meanwhile, I was so uncomfortable. So that's mainly where the shift happened, where I realized I'm the one who's in control of the situation. Or I should be the one in control of the situation because I can't depend on someone else to change their behavior for me. I love that. That's so empowering. I love that you say like it disrupted the peace inside of you. That's huge. I think you get to a point where you're so tired of feeling unhappy and just uncomfortable and bitter all the time. So on one end, you just want to feel better. And on the other end, I know you've been on this journey of learning how to be by yourself and just embracing your own energy, your own space um, and your own company. And I think I've also kind of been on that journey and that's helped too. Just learning how to be with myself and be okay. Because if the if a person doesn't understand um, what I'm saying when I'm setting a boundary, then they're probably not meant to be in my life anyways. Or if they can't respect it. So yeah, just combination of being by yourself, learning to enjoy your own company, not needing others, and then also just being sick and tired of being walked all over and feeling bad about it. So I think that has definitely, and I think it'll get better and better. Eventually, we might end up on the other spectrum where we're hyper reactive to every little thing and every little thing needs to be said. And we can't push a single thing under the rug. I think I also used to have this mentality that all conflict was bad. I didn't know that there was such a thing as healthy conflict. And that's something that I've been learning recently. Um, like, how, how do you feel about dealing with conflict nowadays? Is it something that still gives you a bit of anxiety? Or do you feel like you fully take charge of a situation now? It still gives me anxiety. I'm a lot better at taking charge of situations I do resonate with what you're saying about that you used to think that all conflict was bad or just a negative, like conflict just having a negative connotation. Conflict is highly necessary. We talked about feedback and how when you do have conflict sometimes, you're giving the opportunity to the to both you and the other person or whoever it is you're dealing with to learn from a situation if you're always withholding how you feel about something you're never allowing that person to grow so like in a relationship mm. for example let's say your partner is doing something that bothers you but you just let it go because you don't want to start a fight but that your partner might be going out and doing that in the workforce they might be doing that with other friends with family members and because you you know you identified it because you didn't say anything now this person's just going around acting this way you could have helped them by addressing the quote unquote conflict so i think conflict is necessary and i think it strengthens relationships too like People are afraid to fight sometimes or they're afraid to just have arguments because they think it'll jeopardize the relationship. But I have come to terms with when you do go through conflict with someone, it can actually make your relationship stronger and bring you closer together. 
and that's why they say like families are the closest sometimes because you do go through like conflict the most with your family members and you still end up being with them at the end of the day you know for a lot of people despite all the conflict um so i think that cycle can be adopted in a healthy way and other dynamics too it could be a good thing do you have a specific way of dealing with conflict um i know before i could be a bit aggressive at times when i outright say what i felt like was wrong with a situation or how a person was making me feeling but instead of phrasing it in a way to tell them that this is how their actions are affecting me i would just directly tell them like you are this and this and this or like you lack this and this and this and that just creates even more tension but so i'm, I'm learning like there is a certain way to phrase things um maybe it comes off as sugarcoating but i do think people have different you know, tolerances for dealing with conflict and a lot, and some people may be more sensitive. That's a great point. Like how you bring something up, how you say it. Um, I understand like that's like the in-between step for you where before you didn't say anything, but now it's like, no, this is pissing me off. You kind of like snap yeah. aggressive <laughs> with it. You're like, I'm just going to state the truth. I know that that might not be received well too, because it can, it can be very rash in a way where a person's just like, whoa, you know? This is not like constructive conflict. Yeah, in the past, I think I've never, I don't think I've ever been aggressive like that. I've always tried to avoid being aggressive. So in the past, I used to stonewall. I had a fear of disappointing others. I would sidestep conversations, just completely avoid them altogether, let issues be like unresolved and fester, or final resort, just ghost because I don't want to deal with something. Because I don't want to talk about it, I will just not talk to the person. I will just avoid the person and just leave because I don't know how to address it and I don't want to be aggressive. Writing helps me, so sometimes I will write things out now in a very clear way. And I'm learning to just diplomatically be like, hey, something is bothering me. And then I'll probably say it nicely. I guess maybe you could call it sugarcoating, but typically now I'll say things very nicely and very clearly. It almost sounds robotic. It's like, X happened, so I'm feeling Y, so can we do Z better? It almost sounds like very <laughs> robotic when I bring it up now. But yeah, I don't know. I've never had that aggressive stage. I think for me it's either that or my baseball bat scenario, which I try to <laughs> avoid. So I think it's going to have to be me just being better about just clearly communicating it i need to be better at not ghosting or just not avoiding the conversation there's a phrase you said that stuck out to me and it was constructive conflict because i do think you have to pick your battles right there are people out there who like to argue for the sake of arguing and i find that i don't mesh well with those types of people so I have to learn to pick my battles. Like, does it really matter that I want to prove to this person that I'm right? Like, how important is it for me to tell this person that their opinion is wrong? You know, at that point, let me just agree to disagree. It's not that necessary for me to force my ideals onto you or you to do the same onto me. Yeah, I don't know. It's true. Constructive conflict also has to do with the other person involved. And do they even have the comprehension level? Are they emotionally immature? Can they handle the conflict? Can you actually come to a resolution? Sometimes it's not worth it. So I totally get what you're saying with that. 
All right, so should we do a little speed round to see what we would do in certain situations? Well, I'm going to start off by giving you two quick scenarios and how I wish I would have handled them. And then we can get going from there. So one, um, I think I've told you this before, it's my Black Friday scenario from a couple of years ago. I'm a big Black Friday girl. I love standing in the lines. I love getting my hands on the best products first. I love getting the coupons and all that stuff. So once, a couple years ago, I was at Macy's and I had my hands on a pair of boots and I got to them first. And I was younger and definitely more conflict averse. And a lady came up to me and I told you she was dressed very nicely and she looked very professional and she told me that those boots were actually hers and she had her eyes on them first. And so then I actually just ended up giving them to her. And looking oh, back no, now, Trisha. I know, I wish I hadn't, obviously. Um, I wish I'd been like, hey, on one end, I could have said, hey, no, I had the boots first. I'm really sorry. If I happen to see another pair like this, you'll be the first one that I notify. But that would have been the nice thing to do or like the best thing to do instead of giving her the boots. But now I wish I would have taken one of those boots out of the box and just swung her over the head. <laughs> so that's why <laughs> i i would tell her ma'am your eyes are on it but my hands are on them right now and my Ooh. hands will be on you if you want to argue wait i love that you have to write that down <laughs> <laughs> no i would not actually throw hands at someone but yeah just because you're eyeing it doesn't mean it's yours i'm the one who made my way over there i grabbed it i'm going to the checkout right now and you could watch me check out I know, I know. It's just that some people think that they have the rights to something. And it brings up so many little nuances, too, of like, hmm, why do you think that you are more entitled to this pair of boots than me? Hmm, I'm just going to leave it at that (laughs) for that scenario. (laughs) But another one would be the gym, where this happens to a lot of people at the gym, I'm sure. But I um, I was with a pair of dumbbells that I was using, and I put it on the ground, and one girl came up to me and just took them. She was like, oh, I just need to do a quick set with these dumbbells. But I was using them, you know, and I was gonna pick them back up. And so I kind of just shrugged it off and I let it go. And I didn't say anything because, you know, I don't want to stir the pot at the gym. But now, looking back, on one end, I could have said, hey, no, I was using those when I'm done with my last two sets. I will give them to you. I was using them first. Or on the other end, I could have just taken the dumbbell and thrown it at her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing a pattern here, Trisha. (laughs) The baseball bat, the boot. Either or works. And now the dumbbell. (laughs) Listen, there's many ways to handle a scenario. All right, I have a scenario for you. You're in line. You are starving. You're trying to get some food, right? And so this person in front of you brings the rest of their family on board in the line. And it's like 10 people, right? So I feel like I'd be cool if it's like one or two people. But they bring like a horde of their family, like extended family, cousins, whatever. (laughs) Like 10 extra people are in front of you now. What would you do in that scenario? I probably... I'm going to not resort to violence this time because it's many more of them and only one of me. Just keeping that in mind. You're outnumbered. Yeah, I'd probably just say, hey, there's so many of you. There's just one of me. Do you mind if, you know, I was here? There's so many of you. Your orders are going to take time. Can I just go in front of you and just ask and and state it? If they said no, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. that's the tough part. 
I do carry pepper spray. Would you just pepper spray the entire family or just that one individual? (laughs) I don't know. I guess in that moment, I would just have to be like, hey, you know what? This is really rude. There are like 500 of you. Fine. (laughs) I understand. You don't want me to cut the line or you don't want me to go in front of you. But I would call out how rude it is and I'd be very vocal about it. You know, to other people on the line, like make it known. Other people can see that 500 of you just cut the line. But I have a scenario for you. So imagine you've been working, right? Just hustling endlessly. You've been getting into gardening and you start (laughs) planting plants. And there's a rose bush that you've been working really hard on. It's taken you like eight years to make this rose bush just the rose bush that it is and there's no one else around and a man comes up and he comes with a pair of clippers and he clips your roses off your bush (gasps) and he walks away and you see him walking away with your roses what would you do i'd be like where is my money you gonna pay for that this isn't a free rose bush i put my blood sweat and tears into this bush what if he just continues to walk away and ignores you I would chase after him with some shears or something. (laughs) And if he runs, I will chase this man across the entire neighborhood. Would you call the cops? No, that's not something to really involve the cops with. But it could either go two ways. You know, he ends up giving me the roses or he ends up paying me. I won't accept anything less. True. I like that. Paying you for it. I didn't even think of that. Okay, so you are at a bar and you find this very attractive man and you and your friend, your best friend, both think this man is so hot, but you laid eyes on him first and you told her like, ooh, that man's spicy, but your friend ends up going for him. How would you react in that situation? Like she is all over him but you already called dibs. You can't bring baseball bats into bars, can you? But basically, I probably would talk to her. I would just I would just be like, "Hey, that was really rude. You know, we have a friend code here. I called dibs. Um, I just feel like you didn't respect me in that situation. You should have at least consulted me. You're being a shitty friend by doing this." I would just tell her like it is. Um, hopefully nobody I call a friend would be doing that i mean i understand if it's like drake or something it gets it gets more complicated (laughs) depending on who the person that you laid your eyes on is you know or like a channing tatum or like a johnny depp it gets more complicated depending on who it is because then it's like so you think that's more of a, a free for all maybe yeah i think that's just one of those funny scenarios but i would say something maybe in a joking way like hey i called dibs clearly you don't respect my dibs and then maybe the next time that scenario happened, I just wouldn't. If she called dibs on someone else, then I would just go after it. I think that one would be a bit more playful, probably. Yeah, I would probably tell her, like, hey, that's pretty rude, man. I wouldn't do that to you. What if, what if you are with somebody and you have a man's and your friend is just being a bit too touchy-feely with that person or a very close friend, like a best friend, Or you just feel like the energy is just off. Like, how would you handle that situation? Would you kind of just let it go? I think I would try to be upfront and ask her, hey, do you like the person I'm with? And if she lies, 
or tells me like, hey, no, I'm actually not interested, I'd be like, well, it doesn't seem that way with the way you're all over him and touching him. Yeah, so you would say something. Yeah, I mean, this is all, you know, these are scenarios, and I, I would like to think that I'm now the person who could healthily have conflict. So who knows until I'm actually in the situation. But that, that's what I hope I would do. I would, like, honestly communicate with her, like, hey, that's not cool. What are you doing? But do you think something like that would affect your friendship? Yeah, I think the second you say something, the second you bring up conflict, it can affect your friendship. But it's always better to be said initially because later on the friendship could be affected even more if things are left unsaid. And I think that's the key to be remembered. You know, better stir the pot now, then wait, and then everything explodes later. So either ways, it would affect the friendship. And I think that's just the lesson in it. And it's helpful to go through these scenarios and just ask questions about oh, what would you do in this situation? Or what would you do in this situation? Because then if that situation ever arises, it's always good to keep in your mind, well, like that integrity of, oh, I said I would have handled it this way. So I should handle it this way. And being able to call yourself out when you're just letting things go too much or being conflict averse. So I'm glad we're having this conversation. Yes. Don't worry. I will never do that to you. Trisha. I will never do that to you, too. That's what I was saying. With friendships, hopefully you don't have a friend that would be doing that because there's mm-hmm. some conflicts that sh- shouldn't even be necessary. But I guess, unfortunately, they end up being necessary in certain situations. But I think a lot of these scenarios are super relevant and a lot of people can probably relate to them. And I'm sure a lot of people let things go. We let things go every single day in small scenarios or we don't we don't speak our truth and then that bitterness builds up so hopefully now we will be more we'll be less conflict averse okay i have one more scenario for you because i was watching re-watching new girl the other day and there's this episode where schmidt's new co-worker stole his business idea right so this is a workplace scenario you were working really hard on this idea and that you wanted to present but a coworker, like a good coworker of yours, ends up presenting your idea before you, what would you do? I would bring it up to the coworker. I would say, hey, that was my idea. Maybe while that presentation is happening, I'd ask some question to stump the person. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, interesting idea. What was your inspiration? <laughs> yeah like who inspired you or like yeah just what would you do if this happened kind of like stumping them but no that's that's conniving I mean I would just talk to the person if it was like something really really big and I would worked really hard on it maybe I would just talk to my manager and be honest and say hey this was something I came up with normally I would totally like let someone else take credit for this I have I have no problems with that it's okay I want everyone to succeed but this was something I worked really hard on and I would you know, I was hoping to at least be recognized for it, get credit for it, because there was a huge investment of my time. So I think it would be the exact scenario, how I word it and like who I word it to. But I would say something. Mm, for so sure. you so you would end up going to your boss, too. Yeah. Depending on how big of a deal it is, if it's like the coworker, like if it was some minor thing, like, oh, I think we should do like lunch and learns um or something i don't know <laughs> i'd be like all right fine you know whatever like great but i wouldn't be as trusting with that coworker in the future in revealing my ideas as much as openly you know 
Unless they like stole a file on my desk or something. And then that's how they got the idea. <laughs> but yeah, no, I would say something. Would you say something in that scenario? Yeah, I think I would talk to the coworker first to to find out why they ended up stealing the idea in the first place. And if, you know, they give some BS answer, I would then go to my boss to clear things up. But like, what if your coworker tells you like, oh, I've been, you know, so busy with the kids, uh, like the loss of a family member, like so many tragedies in their life. And they, they just thought like, oh, this was the easy way out. I'm truly sorry that this happened. And they promise to not do it again. Would that influence you in any way? Or would you still feel like there's a tear in your relationship now? I would empathize with the situation, but I don't think that I would I would say anything differently because you have to separate that from work. I don't even know. Well, this sounds terrible, but I don't even know if that's true. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I don't know what that has to do with you stealing my idea. If that was the case, we could have talked it through and you could have asked me whether you could have involvement or participation in my idea and we could have maybe worked on it together, presented it together, and you could have taken a part of the credit. But why tell me this stuff after to justify something that you did? Um, so yeah, I don't think it would affect how I would bring up bring up the issue. But I just wanted to say in light of how you started off talking about how it is Black History Month and how it was Chinese New Year and just the environment that we've been in since the start of the pandemic and so many issues have been coming to the surface over time, whether it's involving, you know, systemic racism, oppression, workplace situations home situations i think people are just speaking up more people are just learning to not cap it all in and not sidestep these issues that we've been facing and just really face them head on and i think that this conversation is really reflective of what's happening in our environment and also kind of like how you started off so i think there's always going to be scenarios in life but i think now um we would totally handle them differently. Not only we, but I think the world would be handling situations differently. So I just felt, I feel like our, our conversation is very reflective of what's happening in the environment. Yeah, more people are speaking up, whether it be in the workplace, you know, with the Me Too movement and everything. A lot of people are being able to band together because, you know, our voices are so powerful. And by you speaking up, that gives someone else the strength and opportunity to do so too. Agreed, agreed. If we normalize it more, then maybe people wouldn't be as quiet because conflict is just a common thing. Like healthy conflict is common now and is encouraged. So yeah, I'm glad that we're bringing awareness to this. And it was interesting reflecting back on our scenarios and how they played out. And this journey of being less conflict averse, conflict avoidant, um, it's a long one, but I'm glad that we're on it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Lucid in Translation. We got a lot of cool content coming your way. And for any serious inquiries, you can reach out to us through our email, lucidintranslation at gmail.com. And don't forget to check our description where you can get 10% off on Ana Luisa using our special link shop.analuisa.com slash lucid.